Welcome to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I'm Grayson Willis. Thanks for tuning in. And today I'm joined by Pastor Tony Martin, uh, who is the pastor of Spring Creek Church of the Nazarene. Pastor Tony, how are you doing today? I'm great, bro. I'm great. How are you? I'm great. Thank you for joining me today. And uh, Pastor Tony, just start out telling us about where you're from and about how you grew up. Okay, I'm uh, from Greensboro, North Carolina, down a little farther south. Born in 1952, so I'm getting on up there now. But uh, I grew up in uh, Greensboro. Uh, my daddy was uh, a broom maker. He was legally blind and uh, worked at the Industries of the Blind there in Greensboro, uh, making brooms. Uh, my dad, uh, at an early age, I think I was probably a year old, uh, my dad and mom divorced, and uh, it was me and my brother. My brother was a year older than me, and uh, he remarried some time later, probably a year or so later. He married a lady that... Uh, he worked with there at the Industries of the Blind. She wasn't totally blind. Uh, matter of fact, she had some glass eyes. But anyhow, that's uh, she had a, a son, so it was kind of a blended family. Uh, stepmom, stepbrother, whole brother, and later on they had two kids of their own. Uh, so I had a half-brother and a half-sister. Uh, my dad came from a long line of alcoholics, so uh, that's how I grew up. Uh, he drank real bad on the weekends and a lot during the week. And uh, he was a good provider, worked hard, but he loved his uh, loved his alcohol. Uh, so growing up around that, uh, that's kind of what happened to me at an early age. A lot of things that I did, you know, I don't boast about those things. Only what God has done for me in my life, you know, delivered me from a lot of things, but. Uh, I remember taking my first drink of alcohol when I was nine. Uh, me and my cousins got into some uh, some of my daddy's homemade stuff. And uh, it was nasty. But that led to another one and another one. <clears throat> By the time I was 17, I was a full-blown alcoholic. Ran with a little group there we got in Greensboro called the Nighthawks. Uh, just terrorizing neighborhoods. It was just a bad scene. Real bad scene. Daddy just drank, 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 and uh, home life was not really good. Uh, so I just kind of came and, and went as I like. Uh, didn't go to school. Uh, my daddy and then moved up in the mountains of North Carolina when I was, uh, I think I was around 14. I think I was around 15. Uh, I got kicked out of school when I was 15. They told me not to ever come back, and I didn't. Uh, so, you know, just went to work. Uh, worked for a guy hanging drywall there. And uh, there was a neighbor of ours for, for a long time. And so just continued to drink real bad and party, and just one thing led to another. Got into a lot of trouble with the law. Uh, I remember me and my brother, we were really tight, my full brother. Uh, we got into some trouble, and, and the judge was going to send us away. And uh, He finally told me, I was 17 then, and he told me, he said, uh, you uh, you got two choices. You can go to jail or you can 
go join the army. And uh, so I went and joined the army. 17 years old, my daddy signed. Uh, of course, that was that was hard because uh, I wasn't used to authority. And uh, that was just a big party, big mess. Ended up getting in trouble there. <laughs> so just one thing leads to another. Uh, ended up getting in trouble there. I was stationed in Italy, which was, man, a wonderful, wonderful place. Uh, I'd like to go back someday, but uh, about 30 miles from Venice. Uh, but I stayed in the Army about three years. Uh, got out, and then by then it was just it was just crazy. Drugs were a little involved then. Never done no hard needles and stuff because I'm afraid of needles. But uh, all the other stuff that went with it, it was just, it was crazy. And I look back at that, and I don't even know how in the world I survived that. Uh, I remember one of the guys that we ran with there in the neighborhood, her name was Miss Cox. And uh, every now and then, it was about seven, eight of us that ran together. She had she had 12 kids, so she had a house full. Her husband was an alcoholic at Wells, but she uh, she was a church woman. Uh, she was a godly woman. And uh, every now and then, she'd catch me by myself or wait to and uh, pull me aside, and she'd always tell me she was praying for me that uh, she believed that God had something for me to do. And I didn't know, I didn't know what she was talking about. We weren't church people, and every now and then, Daddy would send us off with somebody to come by and pick us up, get rid of us for for a few hours. I reckon. I remember uh, as a small tot, probably I don't know, maybe four or five years old, uh, somebody from the Salvation Army uh, came and picked us up one Sunday and took us to uh, took us to church. And uh, they set us on the front row, uh, Grayson, and, and I'll never forget that service. I don't know what choir or what happened at that time, but uh, at the end of the service, they you know they give an invitation, and, and I was just weeping and crying as a little child. But I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on. I just, I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the love those people showed or something, but. Uh, Nobody explained anything to me. They just kind of took us home. <laughs> so, but those small things, you know, you look back on and see, you know, Miss Cox and there was a uh, a gentleman in our neighborhood that had a, a piano store uh, called the Piano Market. He sold pianos and repaired pianos, and uh, he gave us a place up there for a meeting place. And of course, we terrorized his place and abused him. But he was. Uh, he was the son of a holiness preacher, and it always uh, it always has words of encouragement. Uh, Bart Holt, uh, he was a godly man as well. So I think you know along the line, along the way, somewhere in my childhood, in my teen years, God had placed some people there to pray for me. Uh, Pam, my wife, uh, she went to a little church in uh, Pleasant Garden, North Carolina. Uh, Pleasant Garden Church of the Nazarene, and uh, before I even knew them, they uh, they would uh, every Sunday they would uh, take names that was in a, a special box of uh, military people and pray over them. Uh, I didn't know it at the time, but my name was in that box from a neighbor that went to that church that lived down the road from us and knew that I was in the uh, in the military. 
And uh, so, you know, I was being prayed for and wasn't even aware of it. Uh, it, was a, it was a wonderful thing, you know, to look back and see the hand of God moving and uh, spare you from uh, from death many times. But uh, it was just, you know, a reckless life. Uh, when I got out of the uh, military, my brother and I started a drywall business of our own. It was very, very, very successful. Uh, but we drank everything we made away. He was really worse than I was. My brother was really hard. Uh, we grew up hard life, so he, he grew up hard-hearted, and we were very close. And, uh, you know, we'd done everything together. Uh, he went to uh, Stonewall Jackson Training School when he was 14 years old and uh, spent a couple years up there, and it just made him a lot more harder. So, you know, just being around that and... You know, your heart becomes a little hard, and you're, you know, you're close to a lot of things. So, uh, I remember that uh, we worked, worked a lot, worked long, long hours. Uh, of course, we were young. You know, we didn't, we didn't mind, but we, you know, it was just whatever we made, we just drank away. Uh, I remember a friend of mine used to work for me. Uh, came by my house one Saturday and uh, his name was Donnie Turry. Donnie used to work for us and and I uh, hadn't seen him in a couple years. This was probably in 76. Uh, at that time, I was, everything was in a decline. Uh, lost about everything we had from drinking and gambling. Uh, had just vintage automobiles. I had like nine automobiles at one time and house and went to land and just we just lost it and just lost it. That's sad. You go down that road. But Donnie came by my house one uh, Saturday morning and said uh he wanted me to go to church with him. I said, Donnie, I'm not uh I'm not into that. I don't I don't wanna go. He said, I want you to go one time. If you go with me one time, I won't ask you to come. I said, no, I'm not going. Of course, I had a few choice words for him. So we left. He came back the next Saturday. Uh, he said, I want you to go with me. I said, I'm not going. I don't, don't even ask me no more. I'm not, I'm not into that stuff. And, you know, you do what you need to do, but I'm not, I'm not going. Came back the third Saturday. <laughs> very persistent. Thank God he was. Right. And uh, I finally just got so aggravated. I said, I'll tell you what. I said, I'm going to go with you one time. And don't you ever, ever ask me to go again. He said, and he got excited. I mean, you know, he said, yeah, one time. Yeah, just one time. And uh, so I didn't even have anything to wear. He actually brought me some, was about the same size. He brought me some clothes to wear to church. Back then, you didn't wear jeans at church. Right. And uh, you just didn't do it, so. Anyhow, I went with him that Sunday, the Southeast Church of the Nazarene in Greensboro, North Carolina. And uh, I didn't get saved that Sunday, but I knew there was something there. Uh, something there. there was a hole in my heart, man, that, I, that I, it was just empty. There was something there that I really, really wanted, but I wasn't sure how to get it. And... Uh, I actually went back the next week without him asking. And uh, six weeks I went. 
straight in a row. Uh, during that course of six weeks, I was still, I was still drinking and, and drugging, and I'd go to church drinking. I mean, you know, it's just that was me. In that process, I lost my home. Uh, I was actually sleeping in my car. Uh, everything I owned was in the trunk of my car, and uh, I was at the end of the road, brother. Uh, there was nothing, absolutely nothing left. Uh, and I was in a, a Sunday night service. Pam's dad, Gene uh, Cheek, who's going on to be with Jesus now, but he was preaching that night. Uh, the pastor of that church had had some heart surgery, so Pam's dad was a lay pastor, uh, and uh, he was preaching for uh, Reverend Elks that night, and uh, or got through preaching, had to close in prayer. Uh, I was always sitting in the back. I was sitting in the back on the inside aisle, and uh, he came down through there. And I don't know, man. It was, it was almost the same situation of when I was that little boy sitting in that Salvation Army. Something just came over me, and I was just weeping, and I was just weeping, but I didn't know, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. Uh, he came and stopped and, and, and turned and saw me. And uh, he said, son, you need to come and pray. And uh, honestly, I don't know how I got up to the altar. I think they drug me up there. Whatever <laughs> 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 how I got there, I, that's where I ended up at. And uh, I tell everybody I got crazy saved that night. Yeah, it was radical. Uh, it was just radical. And I, 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 that's all I can explain. I was a very... Uh, quiet, shy person. Uh, you know, I, I stuttered a lot, so being that, I didn't talk much. And uh, God loosed my tongue that night, and uh, it was just, it was just crazy. I remember after service, me and Donnie and a couple others went down to a Hardee's, and he <laughs> finally stayed down there till they closed. Just talking to people about my experience, and I didn't know a whole lot. I didn't know anything about the Bible because I never had read it. I, uh, you know, I knew there was a God, but I didn't know the story of Jesus, you know, and I didn't know that he died on the cross. I didn't, I didn't know about the plan. I, you know, I just didn't know. We weren't, we weren't church people. I didn't know the New Testament from the Old Testament or, you know, Psalms, Palms. And, I mean, you know, I just didn't know any of that. But I knew that God had changed my life. I knew something had happened that night and that I was so different. Uh, I never went to a drug rehab. I never went to AA. And I'm not knocking those things. Thank God we have them. Some people need them, but God took all that from me. I never touched another drop of alcohol since 1976 in March. And uh, thank God, never had any withdrawals. And uh, that's a blessing. Never struggled with it. It was just a, an awesome, awesome time in my life, uh, a time of restoration, uh, a time of renewal, rebirth that God done in me. Well, Pastor Tony, uh, thank you for sharing. And even though you had a tough upbringing uh, with an alcoholic father and parents that split up when you were a young age, it sounds like the Lord was looking after you and he had a way of putting different people in your life, uh, like the lady who brought you to the service at the Salvation Army and your friend Donnie, 
who kept week after week inviting you to church even though you kept rejecting him and until you finally said yes and uh you know you probably wondered at the time why he was so excited that you were going to go just once even though you said i'm never going after that that's he, right he knew if he could get you in there initially that the lord would do the rest yes. and uh it's just also neat hearing you talk about uh coming to salvation and the lord doing a transformation in your life and just healing you completely uh from the addiction of alcohol and drugs and uh just if there's any encouragement that you'd like to share for people you know, maybe that grew up in a broken home or have those type of addictions and I don't know, maybe they just tuned into the radio today just to find some hope. Or maybe somebody would have a family member that might be going through these type of addictions or struggles. What would your advice be to them? I would say never give up hope. Pray, pray, and pray. And I'll I'll share a story with my dad later. But, uh, you know, when it, Jesus can change our lives, but it takes us willing to yield our lives to him. Uh, I wish I'd have done that earlier in life, but I, you know, I wasn't. I was 24 years old before I came to uh, to know Him. Uh, but you know, there's always hope. If there's breath, there's hope. Right. And Jesus is our hope. If you've got a, a wayward child, or you may be, uh, you know, an alcohol or drug addiction, it's a, it's hard to break. Get some help. Don't be afraid to ask for help or, or too prideful. I think that was my that was my thing. I was so prideful that you know I knew that something was wrong. I need some, something needed to be fixed, but I didn't know how to do it. And I think I just had so much pride to, to not even ask for help. There's a lot of help out there with churches, with organizations that can help with drug addiction, alcoholism, and uh, these things are real and they're tearing families apart today by the numbers. Uh, there's a real, real problem in, in our community, you know, with uh, with both the drugs and alcohol. And I always tell people to ask me, what am I going to do with my son, my daughter, my husband, my wife? You know, pray and never give up hope that God will intervene. But you got to keep hoping and praying. Right. And uh, Pastor Tony, um, just any other experiences? I know you uh, shared quite a few, but any other experiences from your childhood or up until the time you were saved, obviously that night in the church service when you said your, I guess, father-in-law now wasn't your father-in-law then, but he was preaching and some people helped bring you up to the altar. And just the way you felt after that experience, uh, just anything else that you would like to share about that? Yeah, I knew my life had been changed. I think probably for the first time in years, uh, I slept all night that night when I finally got to bed. Uh, it was just an experience that, you know, you try to explain it to people, but that's why I shared with people when I got saved. And, you know, I got, I was so radical and so fanatical. It was just, and I don't mean that in the wrong way. I mean that, uh, and I know everybody's experience is different, right. you know, but mine was so radical and just so, to me, it was. Uh, for one day, you're here, and then the next day, you're over here. It's just a transformation that only God could do. Uh, and then to not have the 
uh, years of alcohol abuse and drugs and not have to go through any kind of rehab or anything was just phenomenal. Uh, so I thank God for that. I thank God for that every day. Well, that's certainly a miracle, Pastor Tony, that he was able to heal you completely of those addictions. And uh, as you were talking about the radical transformation that he did in your life, I think about the Apostle Paul and the Bible and, you know, kind of the road to Damascus experience, so to speak, and the radical transformation that God did in his life. And God can still do those type of miracles today and those types of transformations in people's lives today. Yes, amen. Yes, I see it often as a pastor, you know, we try to give people an opportunity in our services, you know, to come, you know, accept, and, and often people do. And, you know, I love seeing what God does through people and how he changes people's lives. Uh, um, but it's something I think that God wants to do, but he's not going to make people do it. Yes, Pastor Tony, that is certainly true. Uh, God wants us to love him and serve him and obey him, but he's not going to make us. It's got to be a choice. Right. And uh, just maybe looking back over those first 24 years of your life before you came to him, maybe some stories. I know you mentioned you had a neighbor that had put in your name in a box for people to pray for you while you were in the military but just any situations that you can look back on now and see where God really had his hand of protection over your life, even while you weren't living a life for him. Yeah, there's certainly a lot of instances. Uh, the neighbor uh, that put our name in the box, uh, of course, they were Christians. You know, they were uh, we're in the Church of the Nazarene down at Pleasant Garden, actually where my wife was raised at. Uh, I didn't meet her at that time. I I met her after I got saved uh, there at Southeast Church in Nazarene. But uh, I got to know them well and, uh, you know, was able to thank them for that. And also Miss Cox, the little lady that would pull me aside. I can't tell you the times that she'd done that. It was just, it was just unreal. She would, uh, she would just have her hands on my shoulders and she said, Tony, look at me. She said, Tony, a God has a plan and purpose for your life. And uh, like I said, I didn't know what that meant, but I remember going back after I got saved and talking to her. And uh, it was uh, it was just phenomenal. And, of course, she was shouting, praising God. I knew it, I knew it, I knew God had a plan for your life. And it's amazing how God speaks to people and then people would be that obedient to pull a child or a teenager aside and speak those words into their lives. Uh, Bart Holt was the same way, this uh, son of a holiness preacher. And uh, I remember, hadn't saw him in years, uh, probably maybe three or four years after I got saved. I was in a revival service, uh, Grayson there in Greensboro. And I looked up and Bart Holt was playing the organ. And immediately, immediately God spoke to my heart and said, you need to talk to Bart. And uh, after the service, I uh, I went up and said, Martin, you remember me? And he said, you're Tony Martin. I said, yes, sir. He said, it's kind of odd seeing you here in church. So I got to share with him about my uh, my conversion, my transformation. And, uh, of course, we had stole a lot of stuff from Bart. I can't tell you how much gas and just stuff in his shop and just money and just, it was just crazy. But, you know, through all that, he loved us. 
and showed us Jesus. We didn't see it at the time and apologized for that and, you know, trying to make some restitution and and, uh, Bart just wept and, you know, he said, you don't owe me anything. He said, my reward is seeing you, you know, where you need to be. Uh, So, you know, those are some things that I believe God puts in our lives and also protects us along the way. Uh, There were many instances, car wrecks and and things in my uh, younger life. Uh, I don't know how in the world we survived uh, without the hand of God. Uh, I believe it was the people praying, you know, praying for us. So if you got a wayward child or uh, some uh, a child that's been rebellious, just keep praying. Right. God's hand of protection will be upon them. And uh, I believe they prayed that many a times for myself. Well, Pastor Tony, thank you for sharing that. And uh, not only should we not give up praying for lost people in our lives, but we need to be a witness and an encouragement to those who don't know Christ, even if we think it might not have an impact on them, it might not have an immediate impact on them. But as you shared with Mrs. Cox, who was an encouragement and told you that the Lord had a plan for your life, or uh, Mr. Holt, I believe was the gentleman's name that you said, um, that showed you Christ and was an example to you, even though you and some other boys had taken some stuff from his shop and how he showed you Jesus. And when you tried to make restitution, he said, well, you come into Christ is really my reward. Uh, Just seeing you, you know, saved now and in the church. That's a reminder to us that we need to be a witness to those around us and be an example of Christ to those around us. Pastor Tony, you have a lot of good stories to share and we're not going to be able to fit it all into today's broadcast, but uh, we have just a few more minutes today. But would you be willing to join me again next Sunday on the broadcast and maybe share you know, what God's done in your life since you've been saved? And I mentioned at the beginning that you're the pastor of Spring Creek Church of the Nazarene, so we'll get into that too and okay. how maybe God called you into ministry and what He's currently doing in your life and ministry. But just in the last couple minutes, I know we talked a lot about um, people that may have wayward children or maybe lost family members. Would you just say a closing prayer on today's broadcast just for those people and uh, just to give them hope? Yes, I'll be glad to, Grayson. Father, we thank you, Lord Jesus, for grace, for mercy. Thank you for loving us when nobody else did. And Lord, I'm sure there are people that are listening that maybe has a lost dad or a mom or a son or a daughter or a good friend. That's the way Donnie and I was. Lord, I was a good friend to him, and he was concerned about my soul. So I pray today, Lord, that the Jesus of hope, (laughs) thank you, Lord, for hope. And Lord, help us, I pray, in the name of Jesus, that we'll never give up hope. And, Lord, we would be faithful to pray and to never give up. Uh, Alcoholism, drug abuse is so rampant today in our society. Uh, Everything is so anti-Jesus or anti-God. But, Lord, you're the answer to all of our problems. So I pray for that one listening today. The Lord, they feel like they're just about on the, the last, last leg. Give them encouragement today and give them hope that Jesus can make all things new. Jesus can make all things new. 
Help them to know that, Father. We pray for them and lift them up to you today. And Lord, if we can be an encouragement and a help to them, God, uh, I pray you'll make that happen, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Uh, thank you for joining me, Pastor Tony. I, I've enjoyed having you, and I'll enjoy uh, you joining me again next Sunday. Yes, amen. Uh, thank you for listening to today's broadcast of Front Porch Talks. I pray that uh, part one of Pastor Tony Martin's testimony has been a half hour of hope for your life. I also pray you'll join us again next Sunday at noon right here on 1470 AM and 102.1 FM WBTX for part two of Pastor Tony Martin's testimony. Uh, We'll get into uh, how the Lord caught him into ministry and how God's using him in ministry and uh, so much more. Uh, Thank you for listening again today. Uh, May God bless. Front Porch Talks is sponsored by Harrisonburg First Church of the Nazarene in partnership with Sunshine Ministries.